The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13, in San Diego from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. As well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The Lord created mankind in his own image and set them, that is Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden, a perfect paradise where the disobedience to God had them removed and made to survive on their own. Mankind's many disappointments to God worsened throughout the ages, causing total destruction to man by water, except for Noah, a God-fearing individual and his family. And as the ages continued to roll by, sin and disbelief grew, 
and Christ's very Savior could be heard in the heavens, and God's wondrous love for us moved him once again to have mercy. And he gave us his only begotten Son, Jesus, to pay the ultimate price, his life for our salvation. Thus we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, with a victorious song, Joy to the World, Hallelujah. Emilia Han directs our church choir with Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bakukato on the organ. Please sing along with our choir using the words on your screen. And now our church band under my direction will present an awe-inspiring rendition of A Legend of Kings.
up next will be our soloist Rose Pahaku Carter with the song Murray's Little Boy Child. What a beautiful picture is described through this wonderful song as shepherds witness a new star, a host of angels rejoicing in the heavens, praising God for the birth of his beloved son Jesus, who was born in a humble stable. Accompanying Pahaku will be Iris Lock on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Trustee Associate Pastor Evans Brooks Sr. on the guitar. by night they saw a bright new shining star and heard a choir from heaven sing the music came from afar hark now hear the angels sing new kids born today and will live forevermore because of Christmas day Our church choir will sing their final song for today entitled Alleluia. Yes, we continue to celebrate Christmas with much rejoicing to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and for all that he has done for mankind, for his compassion and mercy. He waits with open arms, wide open, ready to receive those who will hearken to his call of salvation. Even to our backslider, he waits for their journey back home to him. 
Yes, we sing and rejoice daily, not only during Christmas, but each and every day of our lives for His unceasing love. proceed with our Christmas theme of music by calling upon our string section of our church band to grace us with a beautiful song entitled, O Come, O Come Emmanuel.
We now call upon a very faithful couple in the Lord, Associate Pastor Marvin and Shirley Nabing, to sing that inspiring and moving rendition of the song entitled, Sometimes Alleluia, with yours truly on the piano. We will continue to lift our voices and give our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ all the praises and glory in this life and that to come. We would like to dedicate this beautiful selection to a faithful sister in Christ, Sister Sherilyn Kubo. We pray the Lord will, Jesus Christ will continue to pour forth his heavenly blessings upon you in this life and that to come. Have a real beautiful day. Sometimes alleluia, sometimes praise the Lord, sometimes gently singing our hearts in one accord. Oh, let us lift our voices, look toward the sky and start to sing. Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, 
And I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 in Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches, as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakai Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return the program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who is bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecast are compensated in any way to perform in the choir, band, or special vocal and instrumental selections. My answer is an emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecast are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give all their total rehearsal and performance times as well as their talents willingly from the heart for the glory of God and for absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our TV viewers are used, in fact, to help maintain these weekly telecasts and through your generosity and financial help, I'm able to bring forth such sermons as the one I have prepared for today and entitled The Customs of the People Are Vain. 
The scriptures, as well as the subject matter for this morning, warn us not to learn the ways of the heathen. The word heathen means any person or nation that neither worships nor believes there is a God, while the term vain means having no real value or significance, worthless, unprofitable. We who have been born again are not heathens, but have been called to be saints in Christ Jesus. The true born-again Christian has been drawn out of his sinful nature unto God, who was created in righteousness and true holiness. Therefore, and since the last days are upon us, one should be very conscientious of the Lord's righteousness and what God requires of us. Yes, viewers, you may ask, what has this to do with Christmas? Do you remember what a real Christmas is? As we approach the Christmas season, you will find shop windows, decorations, newspaper advertisements, magazine articles, and other events round and about us to promote Christmas. Have you considered just what is being promoted? Like the unique and phenomenal event which took place in Bethlehem almost 2,000 years ago, current customs prevent the true light of God to shine into the hearts of those who are lost in this sin-filled world. Just imagine, this significant event changed the course of history and affected the world in its entirety. No other birth had had such a great impact upon mankind. Reading Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, verses 2 to 5, Thus said the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Those who did not know God and who did not trust in him were afraid of thunder and lightning, eclipses and comets, or any unusual thing that they might see in the sky. We read on, For the customs of the people are vain, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with the axe, they deck it with silver and with gold, they fasten it with nails and with hammers, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. Now don't these verses hit the nail right on the head? In regards to the perfect description of the Christmas tree, let us review the course many will take in preparing for Christmas. Each year, efforts are taken to seek out a tree, whether it be found in the forest or purchased at a store. One goes through great pains to get to the best tree. The tree will be taken home, decorated, cared for, and placed in the most conspicuous area of the home for all to see. Next, family members and neighbors are all invited to the house to come and see the tree which has been erected in the home. Simultaneously, county officials use the media to warn the people of the dangers of having such a tree in the home and the precautions that should be taken to protect the home against theft and fire. Now, with all of this activity, do you think Christ is foremost in their hearts? I think not. Jeremiah tells us that the Christmas tree is the way of the heathen and a custom of the people of the world. Yes, the hearts of men have been polluted, and more attention is given to a decorative tree, Santa Claus, and merriment than to the life-giver himself, Jesus Christ. We should not liken ourselves to the heathen of Israel, who made a figure with their hands and imaginations to convince themselves that God existed. We read in Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. It is through faith we recognize that the true tree of trees is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the tree of life. 
Listen to Revelations 2, 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. From this tree, mankind can have anything his heart desires. Everything and every gift is wrapped up in this one tree, which includes the trimming and decorations. No strings attached. This tree was kept from man after he sinned, but now it has been given back to the redeemed in the form of Jesus Christ. We read in Revelations 22, 14, 15, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. The real meaning of Christmas is found in Christ Jesus. Oh, it is true that the world thinks of this glorious person as a tender little babe born in a manger. At each Christmas, the wonderful stories of the angelic choir, the wise men from afar, and the gifts presented to the babe are always recalled. However, the glorious light dawned only upon a few that this child was none other than the Almighty God Himself, who was from the beginning and who clothed Himself in a human body prepared for Him, so that the thoughts of God might be made known unto all men. We read in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, as to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon His shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This scripture reveals that Christ came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. Therefore, today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. The born-again message, which was first preached by Jesus, aroused the curiosity of a Pharisee named Nicodemus. He was a very strict religionist. He celebrated the Passover, paid tithes, and said prayers, bought sacrifices, and tried his utmost to keep the law. To him, the Lord Jesus said, ye must be born again. Turn to your Bibles, viewers, and you will find in John 3, 5, verily, verily, that is to say, this is the truth. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter to the kingdom of God. And when God says you cannot, it means you cannot. Keeping the law, joining a church, living up to a religious creed or rituals will not save you. Hell will be full of souls of that nature because they fail to believe Jesus has set men free. What does it mean to be born again? It means to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by immersion. Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We see that baptism is essential to salvation. Our physical life begins by birth. Our spiritual life begins the same way. However, it is not done by joining in church and becoming religious. Yes, viewers, you cannot join the family of God. You must be born into it. You can't make a Christian out of anybody. True Christians are not made. They are born. And in what name are you to be baptized? Baptism must be administered in the name of Jesus. Please read Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Just imagine, in that one verse, two wonderful and enduring promises are given to you. If you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you will receive the remission of your sins. That is to say, the Lord will remove your sins as far as the east is from the west and will remember them no more. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which will afford you entry into heaven. The only evidence cited in the Bible to verify one has received the gift of the Holy Spirit is that of speaking in tongues or an unknown tongue. To confirm this, let us read in Acts 2, 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Receiving the Holy Ghost is something to see and hear. John reveals this phenomenon in chapter 3, verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind is a reality no man can fully explain. Only a fool would say, I don't believe in the wind because I have never seen it, and I can't understand it. Thus, one cannot explain the Holy Spirit. But his mighty power makes the hearted pure, the liar honest, the drunkard sober, the blasphemer prayerful, the proud humble, and the weak strong. The apostle Peter, once empowered by the Spirit of the Lord, revealed the keys to the kingdom of God in the days subsequent to Pentecost. We read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, without administering the name of Jesus in water baptism, one is not saved. Jesus is the only Savior for this lost, dying, and sin-sick world. He gives us all the hope that we need for every tomorrow. He is the preeminent Savior. He was born to die for our sins, born to give us second birth, and born to take us home to glory. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Yes, these are comforting words for very true born-again Christian. Thusly, TV viewers, the salvation of your soul lies with the decision you make today. You may be saying to yourself, I find that hard to believe that I am not saved. But isn't that what faith is all about? Believing and keeping His commandments? And yes, it is a difficult decision to make, being that we live in a generation with increasing corruption, deceitfulness, craftiness, lies, murders, thefts, and so forth, and such is the myth of Santa Claus. A recent magazine article stated that making Santa Claus real required white lies. A lie is a lie, whether it's white or black. How do we explain the multiple Santas in the different stores? How does he get down the chimney when not all we have fireplaces and more so in Hawaii? Moreover, how do we one day explain to our youngsters that the answers we gave them to these questions in the past were not truth at all? It is important for parents to be honest with their children, and the way to be honest is found in the Bible. Listen to Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm sure you will agree that the best training is to be an example. 
Therefore, according to the Bible, white lies are not permissible either. We should tell our children that the Santa Claus of this world is only a myth, a make-believe one, and that all the blessings flow from our Lord Jesus Christ, the true giver of gifts. Jesus Christ is God's love gift to the world, and true born-again believers are the Father's love gift to Jesus Christ. Christmas should be a real celebration for everyone. If the real source of the blessings, who is Jesus alone, was allowed to emerge upon the Christmas scene. In addition, the Santa Claus image formulated by man promotes the idea that happiness comes through material things and that Santa dresses in red and gives away things which were actually bought or brought by other people. Though Santa has a beard, he is not Jesus. We are told in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, viewers, put Jesus first in your lives and bring yourself back to God. Then the material things will surely follow as you have need of them. Read in Luke 6.38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that he meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Yes, it is more blessed to give than to receive. However, it works both ways. To receive, one must give. And God loves a cheerful giver, not merely at Christmas, but at other times as well. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7, But this I say, he who soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he who soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he prepares in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Giving need not be done only at Christmas or Thanksgiving. Generosity and spirit and work should be expressed every day of the year, especially where the poor and needy are concerned. Now here's some tiny advice to all the children and teenagers. As a receiver of gifts, be content with what you receive for Christmas, for your birthday, or other special events. Remember your parents know what you need, and they are giving you gifts that arise from the heart as well as out of necessity. In other words, what you see is what you get. Suppress all negative behavior and act like men and women. Refrain from murmuring and being disgruntled. For when you assume any of these attitudes, you become like the multitudes who rejected and crucified the gift that came down from heaven. Just imagine, his first trip down to earth was marred by humiliation, shame, and suffering. But that ordeal finally terminated. He is back in glory, for as the psalmist says, the king of glory shall come in. Another custom of Christmas created by mankind includes eating, drinking, and engaging in merriment. Therefore comes the phrase, Merry Christmas. The main attraction features liquor, that is alcoholic beverages. What is the Christian to do? Do we abstain or is it moderate consumption acceptable? The answers are found in the scriptures. Let us read in 1 Corinthians 10, 6. Now these were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. The setting up of that desire as an idol can be found in the seventh verse, neither be idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. The result of fellowshipping with the world and its pleasures is death. As you read in verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and 20,000. Can you imagine the destruction that came 
when they sat down to eat, drink, and be merry instead of praying? We should pray, Lord, help us to escape all these things. And I'm sure God, who is faithful, will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able. But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. One of the major problems that plague us today is alcoholism. It is a dilemma which is getting progressively worse. If consumed wine gives one false hope and courage, hard liquor leads to confrontations. What fools men make of themselves, reading to and fro drunkenly downward down the street. God tells us not to carouse with drunkards and gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty. Reading Proverbs 21, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Alcohol ridicules and mocks a person. We read in Proverbs 23, verses 29 to 30 and 35, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to sick mixed wine. They have stricken me, shalt thou see, and I was not sick. They have beat me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. It is forbidden for a Christian to drink wine, whiskey, alcohol, lest he drink and forget his duties and his judgments be afflicted and perverted. Reading Proverbs 31, 4 to 5, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes to drink strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Today, many drink because they are depressed or stressed has gotten the best of them. They drink to forget their poverty and misery. Remember, TV viewers, no matter how much you drink, after it's all over, the problem is still before you. Drinking never solves anything. It often makes matters worse. A sense of guilt develops, which can lead to more drinking and eventually alcoholism. America's major problem is not with drugs, but it lies with alcohol. We all know that drinking harms and endangers not only the drinker, but other innocent people as well. Small amounts of alcohol in the blood system can reduce one's coordination and reflexes. It causes one to be overconfident and take risks such as driving too fast, passing at the wrong time, and so forth. Loss of coordination and judgment make drinkers accident-prone at home, on the job, and elsewhere. Losing work, Monday morning, absences due to hangover or coming to work intoxicated may cost a person his or her job. A risk for drunkenness or creating disturbances are not only embarrassing, but can mean a damaging arrest record. I'm happy to see laws are being passed to protect the innocent and which give the offender something to consider before he drives intoxicated again. Each year we hear of tragic accidents and the needless loss of lives on the highways due to drunken drivers. If you drink, don't drive. Therefore, as Christians, we should abstain from alcohol. We of the Apostolic Faith Church preach abstinence, not moderation. Let us read in 1 Peter 4, 2-4, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past, our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banqueting, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that he run not with them 
to the same excess of right, speaking vile of you. The things of this world will not bring satisfaction. Like it to Moses, we should make the right choice. We read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26, Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Jeremiah writes in Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 40, Let us search and try our ways, and turn again to the Lord. Yes, indeed, the customs of the people are vain. The tree, Santa Claus, and alcohol do not enhance our salvation or worship. One bit in the eyes of God, but such practices continue to prevent one from entering into the kingdom of God. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Closing this sweet hour of fellowship will be our church band to play a Christmas favorite. Do you hear what I hear?
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.